You're listening to The DAP Project. I'm your co-host, Rhonda Elizabeth. And I'm Aaron Harvey. Today, we're talking with Christopher and Diego Stith. In 2004, fresh out of grad school, I was a camp director for a cool youth development program for middle school kids here in D.C. called FLY, Facilitating Leadership in Youth. Chris and Kiego were in the program, so I was essentially their camp director. Even though they were typical 12-year-olds and total goofballs who only wanted to play games on their computer, you could tell they were good-hearted, observant, and purpose-driven people. Everything they talked about had something to do with art, music, or design. No surprise that they had built careers in the creative space, but as they tell us, it took a lot of effort, support, and determination. To me, this conversation is a coming-of-age in D.C. story as capital B Black boys, using DAP as a cultural marker and a jumping-off point. And at times, we just hollered because they're so rapid-fire funny. Like that time in Guatemala when Chris gave the biggest head nod ever because he saw someone who looked just like him. That was pretty funny. This conversation with Chris San Diego reminded me of my early days in D.C., a 22-year-old teacher of Algebra II to high school students. They enlightened me every day as I tried to understand the city of wealth disparities, the city that had been the murder capital of the world. From middle school to college, Chris San Diego experienced the different worlds of Washington, D.C. socioeconomic inequalities. In the early part of our conversation, the twins talk about their childhood in Anacostia and what it was like to attend D.C. public schools, attending Elliott Middle School, then choosing to attend Duke Ellington School for the Performing Arts over Eastern High School. Through these experiences, they have formed a unique understanding of what that means. That meaning comes through in our conversation, and it's quite hilarious. Diego, apparently, is having a wild time in New York on the block. Let's get into it. As a way of getting started, one of the first questions that we always ask people, tell us your name, introduce yourself, and then tell us where you had your first app. You were born first, you can go first. Oh, okay. Uh, that was one of my questions, but go ahead. All right, so, yeah, way to go, Kiego. Way to, way to demystify without being prompted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I ain't gonna fly. It had to probably be uh, when we was little, like when we was in, it had to be our father, right? Elementary school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it had to be with Anthony. He probably was our first person that really dapped us up, you know, you know, like that, you know, just something. second grade? That had to be, yeah, third second grade. grade. Second or yeah. third grade. Second, second grade. third grade, That's... yeah. I mean, we grew up in Southeast Anacostia. It's definitely like that. It was that type yeah. of time. Everybody was yeah. adults when they were little. Facts. People wearing, people wearing white beaters and Timbos. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was different. It was five different. years old. Yeah, five years old. They talk about the wild. You can square up. She was square right. up with you. <laughs> people were talking about hand, holding hands with these little. Uh, no, he wasn't. Throwing <laughs> <laughs> hands. Throwing hands. You know what I'm saying? All kinds of you know foolishness. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, yeah, it probably was like um third second and third grade mm -hmm. uh our friend anthony he kind of showed us a whole bunch of like just black people stuff right mm -hmm. oh yeah, yeah. like less because like how to like talk because me and my brother talk like storybook people like yeah. people in storybooks like we were very well read when we were little so we thought yeah. that like our syntax was perfect like hello brother hello sister <laughs> how are you how today are you we talk like yeah. the bernstein bears like the bernstein bears yeah okay. and hello, he was just brother. like hello, <laughs> and he was just like youngin you can't talk like that when y'all hanging with me he was just yeah. real, That's real with us. yeah he was like that was real bad y'all sound like some bad must talking like that y'all need to figure it out though yeah. so he and just helped was, get us together this is real deal second third grade around about yeah yeah, facts. Yeah. Like, cause we only had experience like with our family and basically women in our life. So it's like nobody showed us how you're supposed to be like a boy, like a young boy in that environment per se. Not how you're supposed to be, but just how young boys Men. interact in that environment. How young inner city mills are supposed to carry themselves and move through that space exactly. to be successful and to safe. Successful like, and nobody safe. ever showed, they just told us be nice and be moral and, you know, be nice to people. So if you see somebody, you would be like, hello, like wave and stuff. Yeah. And that's goofy. You can't do that. That's goofy. <laughs> <laughs> that person's looking at me. Let me walk up to him. Hello, yeah, how, how are you how doing? Are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. We're like, what the f And you get cursed out. We don't understand. Like, why is that person so upset? I just yeah. wait. Yep. And, and said hello. Yeah. So do y'all feel, you feel like the DAP was enough to bridge that gap or did you change how you spoke or how you walked and all that as well? Or no, you... not like how you walk, but probably I mean, just. Yes, Cap, yeah, we did. We used to walk like our mother. Oh, I guess. I mean, I that walk. took a long time. Like wide foot. Yeah, like, uh... like little ducks. And we used to do the same, like bob our heads and all that. We used to look bad for yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We just so, different, man. So when did you get your little, you know, your little swag? I'm still waiting. 
You mean you don't you don't have your you don't have your black man swag walk? Your little yeah, my, yeah, my your little yeah, walk. <laughs> hey man, like, like a capo or something? Nah, like I don't know. It's just you just be yourself. I mean, you just become more comfortable with just being who you who are. You are. Exactly. Yeah. How did Dap show up in middle school? Different. And it started in like sixth grade for real. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, when you yeah. start because that's when you I feel like personally that's when you start to become yourself is in sixth grade. Like the first five mm-hmm. grades, you like a blank slate. The acid mm-hmm. pressures of life just pile on top of you. Eventually you just, you know, get crushed down into this being and then you start to reject that. And then yeah. the next thing you know, you start to become more of the person you actually are in a way like your personality starts to develop. Like I know Rhonda met us when we was like around that age, you know, like seventh, eighth grade. So we, as she met us, she was, we was mad sarcastic, you know, just jerks like me, just me for no, and she's all nice. And it's just like, yeah, we thought it was there because she was so nice. Like, it was just so different to meet somebody who was just nice all the time. time. And she was all pleasant all the time. It was just like, she weird. We're going to figure out how to get her to get mad. Like, we just wanted to see if we could get her mad. And she wouldn't get mad. She just had every flashes of insanity would flash across her face. And that's when we knew she was upset. Like, it'd be like, what are you doing right now? Yeah, crazy ass. It'd be like, all right, let me chill. Let me chill. You got it, you got it. You got it, yeah, you got it. You pushed it too far, you know? So, but like, I think Kiego hit the nail on the head when he said that, like, in middle school, you really start to figure out how to become, uh, I feel like a man, both of us, I mean, like, to become a man, and like you said, channel that aggression and all that. I think it's specifically only in D.C., though, because, like, I teach in New York now. It's not the same. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just different. People become adults, like, when they, like, high school, I would say, up there. But in D.C., it's like you literally learn a whole bunch of your, like, like defense mechanisms and stuff you learn that in middle school because that's where everybody like you know that's your first time out from your household usually yep, if you yep, go to like a decent school not even like a good school just a decent school it's like that's your first time away from your home you get to travel by yourself you with your friends you got to travel back and then it's like yeah you just learn a whole bunch about where you at and how like what's your standing in this social hierarchy and stuff so and where did you guys go to middle school with the elliot elliot yeah but yeah that was important too that was a whole different experience too because that was like we had a male principal and mr owens Almost like a George Jefferson type dude. He had a tent on the side. To walk with his shoulders. Yeah, with his shoulders all the time. And he had a suit. He always wore a suit, though. You know what yes, I'm saying? Yes, he did. He did. He, it was like, he'd be like, what's going on? Brother. Yeah, he's a brother, brother type dude. He likes, he like an extra from the Million Man March. And he had a mustache and he was like, always real prep and proper. He had his own bag lunch. He always ate vegetables and fruits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was just real stern. He was the disciplinarian where Miss Moore was like more laid back. She was like, yeah, just don't fight. Go to class, Mr. You can tell Mr. she Owens. smoked like um, she smoked what's this Newport. You can tell she smoked yeah, Newport. Oh, cool. No, she smoked cool. She probably, she probably did smoke cool. You know what I'm saying? Going back to middle school, uh, Mr. Roach, he was more personable. He would talk yeah. to you. That was like your first experience with an educator. Not not like an educator, but as a, a, a administrative person that was in like a position of high authority that was male that I got to actually interact with. Because before that, I was lucky that I had a whole bunch of male teachers growing up. And Christopher did, which was the wildest part. He had a whole bunch of women teachers, but I always got male teachers. And even if I was going into a grade, like it, it would just be a new teacher and it'd be a male teacher. And it was always lit. Always lit. <laughs> Yeah, so I just had a real unique experience. I had my fifth grade teacher, he's like ludicrous. His name yeah. was uh, Mr. Uh, Harris. Mr. Harris, yeah. Mr. Harris, and he used to come in every Friday, he'd come in to shoot his drum suit, you know, the, the brand shooters. He'd wear all days and shooters every week. And those was the drug dealer brand. So I'm like, oh, we used to think he was sharp though. Like, yo, this man lit. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Fresh every week. Head to toe shooting with the flush new balances on. Oh my God, he had a haircut, all that. <laughs> yep. The box, the, the suit, suit. Oh. with the fade, with the yeah, fade. with the fade and the little, right. the little shock part, you know what I'm saying? And like, yo, I'm like, he gonna post my mother in this class. They been, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. He's a young dude, he, he had to be like, how old I am now? He had to be like, like maybe thir- early 30s or whatever. Like, yo, I'm like, oh, Mr. Hurd's late. He about to get somebody's mother. This about to be crazy. He even crushed somebody's jump. So it's like, oh, man. <laughs> Mr. It was just wild, man. It was a okay. wild time. Uh, but did he give you that? Is the question. Yeah. Of course. Mr. Monsanto used to give us that. Mr. Monsanto used to give us that too. That was sixth grade. That was sixth fifth grade. or sixth grade. Yeah. You moved from Elliott to to Ellington. Yes. And both of you guys were at um, yeah. Ellington, right? Yes. What was that like? Yeah. How was that? A, from... Was that a culture shift or the same story, different place? That jump that you get to see from going to a place like Elliott, with a high school that's closest. Well, we got to see Eastern every single day and what Eastern high school was like. 
Yeah. And it was like, it's savages out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, you know, they, that's like Baltimore. That's what Easton looked like to me. Off, nah, it's kind of, <laughs> it like Baltimore. But I'm it's like, like yeah, yeah, tough, tough. Remember when they, we seen the whole school jump somebody after our first year at Elliott? We was in seventh grade. Some dude was just running down the block. It was the end of the school day. This light-skinned kid was just running down the block. And then we were just like, why is he running so fast? Because he was like running for his life. And then he was on dead sprint, on yeah, a dead sprint. Like, he was just <laughs> running. So it's like, he was like, what is happening? And he just, mm. and then we looked to the other way behind him. It was like, it had to be like 40 people chasing wow. him. This is Elliot. Somebody from Elliot, one of the nights later, clipped him up. The dude failed. And then that's when the whole school just came and started. Like they went on you. We was like, golly, that's how it is in high school? Tough. I'm not trying to go there. No, nah, I, re- nah, I remember the first field day. Remember all the ninth graders was tackling the seventh graders? Just tackling people. Just, yeah. And it was like the difference between being a child and being a young man. It's yeah. like they got their young man muscles and we just kind of coming into our own. And then you just yeah. see somebody get speared, like, boom, just like a that? gazelle getting to attack like by a tiger. It was like yes. It was like the half. People was getting sucked up, like, boom, boom, boom. And then we, we just had to find your squad and just kind of stand against the fence, like, yo, Yo, what's happening? You think you go hard and boom, you get tackled? Nah, it was all bad. I heard about it when I was in elementary school. My teacher, Mr. Dunlap, he's a principal now in New York, but uh, he mentioned that what Ellington was, was a school for the performing arts. And I always knew I wanted to draw and stuff. So I was just like, I'm gonna go there. That was in fourth grade. And then like, lo and behold, five years later, I actually got into the school. So that bugged me out, just the idea of like, what is it, you know, the secret, the secret's out, you know what I'm saying, you're a loser, whatever. But it's like, I really was just thinking, I want to go to Duke Ellington, I want to go to Duke Ellington. Yeah. Got to it. Ninth grade is like the most transitional phase of Duke Ellington if you go there. It's really hard to get into Duke Ellington in ninth grade, but it's even harder to get in if you transfer from 10th grade, trying to get in at 10th grade, because it's almost like there's a mental shift that has to occur when you get there, because a lot of kids, we coming from neighborhood schools, you know, from the Washington, D.C. area. So it's like, you so used to being in that everyday hustle of being in the neighborhood, like I'm from this hood, I'm from that hood, I'm from this place, I'm from that place, I'm like this, I'm like that, I'm like this, I'm like, I rap this, I rap that. And it's like, it's different at Duke because it's like, man, everybody here, you don't gotta do all that. You don't gotta posture, you ain't gotta act like you're supposed to be super duper hard or nothing like that. Just like, man, I'm a vocalist, or I'm a, I'm an instrumentalist, I play the cello, I play the guitar, or I paint, I draw, I act, I rap, I write poems, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like everybody got their thing that you can really just try to own and try to become yourself in a way, even more, without all the societal pressures you might get yeah, from the so neighborhood and stuff. You're able to be your individual true self. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's more so like the Wizard of Oz. You in a whole different world when you were in Wellington. Because like yeah. you come from your neighborhood where that could be anything. Well, when we was at Southeast, you know, Anacostia, you see disparity and just like we had the Wall of Remembrance at that time. Yeah. So like if your neighborhood school, it was like a good chance you might get shot or yeah. something might happen to you. Like you might just get t- taken out and then you get to go to Duke. And it's in Georgetown. And it's like, whoa, this Georgetown, I got to go to Georgetown every day. And yes. you just walk around and you just feel safe. Yeah. Like that's like a very big thing that was like big for me. It's like, I just feel safe in this school. I know at the end of the day, nothing crazy should ever really happen in this school. you guys to integrate yourself at Ellington when you saw these different people coming from all these different neighborhoods because yeah. it is a citywide school. That was when present, you, but yeah. I would say that we when we came in, we came extra Southeast Anacostia. We used to wear the shirts with the boots on it with the shoestrings mm-hmm. and like extra hood stuff. And we went there and people was like, this is like right before like the fly guy, people were wearing like Preppy. H&M and preppy wearing boat shoes yeah, and stuff yeah. was coming in. So we came in with the extra, extra baggy clothes, the extra wearing black all the time, like, you know, extra Southeast Santa Costa. That's what we knew. That's how it was. Very farmed out, man. Very farmed out. Very farmed out with the uh, the former mill clothes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Back, going back to the idea of that, I think it's just more so, it's just something. It was a greeting. It was a greeting that we used. Like, when you see somebody, you gap them up, give them a little hug, bring them in, let them know what's up. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? Something that you would do just to let you know it's all good. So whenever you meet somebody, you'll dap them up. Or somebody did something for you that was cool, you're like, oh, man, thanks, bro. You give them dap, pull it in, and boom, that's it. You know, you snap out, maybe. And then there was some cool kids in our school, like other men, young men. Um, they, they had a group called the Tripod. <laughs> and it was three of them and they did their special that they had a special that they would do with each other when they met each other so each of them had different daps and it was like they would do they things to make different triangles they make a series of triangles yeah triangles they yeah they adapt each other they'd be like hey what's up bro Tap, triangle 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 boom and mm-hmm. they adapt each other up and that was a trap hall <laughs> okay. so you know it was present in our life it was just always a term of greeting, you know, it never meant, it always meant love in a way. Yeah. But it also could be, be a sign of like endearment. I mean, I know for me that I, sometimes when I would dap people up, I would like dap them up, pull them in extra hard. 
and then like jack them up when I'm dapping them up, like on the wave, brother. You know, like how they used to yeah. like dap each other on the wave. I used to do that. So you, if you had waves, I'd dap you up and rub your waves, mess your waves up. I, was, <laughs> I used to be violent. Remember, I, I, did, I threw the shame. Yeah. Remember, I threw the shame. Oh, We've I, never I, heard that before. Just I, for the I, record, I, we've never heard the dap them up with the wave. <laughs> So like if they got waves in the hair, waves in the hair. Yeah, I know. That's like a cardinal sin. That is a violation. I was tripping. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I didn't know because I got you know I got the silky smooth. So it's like uh, I didn't even know the significance. So I would dab him. I I only did it to that one dude. I used to I used to do to a lot of people. I used to specifically do it to Shane because I knew he'd get mad, but he he messed with me so he wouldn't get super mad. But one day he swung on me, and I never did it again after that because I I dodged it. I I did it. He's like I would I'll dab him up, and then he he got wise to it, so he I dab. And then he'd look at me and be like, don't do it. He was from New Orleans. He'd be like, don't do it. I'm like, man, all right, I got you, man. So I put, then I put him in, do it. And then he just, boom, swung. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and, and, he, and he's like, I told you. I told you. Stop, I told you stop doing that, didn't I? I was like, all right, you got it, cuz. Did you find that there were uh, different dap from different guys across DC? Like, if you have your Anacostia dap, what's, what's there, like, uh, Upper Northwest dap, an Uptown dap, or a dap from Southwest, or a dap from... Deanwood, Far North I never noticed it, but it, I guess you're right. Very far stuff. people just dap each other up. You always did a hug with it. If you knew somebody, you always did a hug and let them know. Well, I was like somebody that you don't really know, like Northeast people or something, it always was a handshake. Like it was like that, wop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As opposed to just being there and bringing them in. Um, yeah, the I, snatch it out. Okay. Yeah, I don't really know many people from Southwest like that, so I, I wouldn't be able to say if there was a difference with them. Um, but definitely Northeast and uh, Southeast. Northwest, it was more of a head nod. They didn't want to touch you or something. Like they better than you or something because they from Northwest. See, I knew that. I knew there was gonna be a little uptown shade. Like I was just because y'all know that y'all know that I'm from uptown Manor yeah. Park. So I was just expecting that shade. Hey, it's always a head nod. Like with James, like a nice area. I know, right? Yeah, Manor, a park of manners. I'm sorry. What was that, Berenstein Bears? My um, oh, my headphones oh, cut oh, out. Okay. I'm sorry. She got the new microphone. That's I'm totally special. Y'all can't talk. Listen, y'all can't tell me nothing. In 2009, Kiego and Chris graduated from Duke. In DC, Duke refers to Duke Ellington's School of the Arts, the Duke of Dave Chappelle, and Ari Lennox, not the Blue Devils of North Carolina. Kiego and Chris continued to study art and design in college, but at different colleges. At Cooper Union in New York City, Kiego enjoyed the academics, but it took a minute for this dude from Anacostia, who didn't smoke and didn't drink, to integrate into the social scene. By his own admission, he was a little shook by being in the big city and surrounded by classmates with means. Chris, on the other hand, attended American University in D.C. and had what Kiego described as a legendary experience, continuing to pursue art, joining every colored people's club on campus, and relishing being exposed to the African diaspora. So um, post high school, you go to college. Um, yeah. One's at Cooper Union. Kiego, you're at uh, Cooper Union. Chris, you're at American. American. And you continue to um, expand your social circle and the people that you're getting to know, the environment. Yeah. That you're in. So, Keiko, let's start with you. You roll up to Cooper Union, and how does DAP help you to get to know people? To build your, uh, you're shaking your head. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't at all. It's like a, I would say my first year at Cooper, it was like maybe six black people in, class, in the uh, school, <laughs> wow. like wow. in the school. I got that I visually saw in the school, like yeah. as students. Uh, so were you dapping them up just off the break? Like, huh, I see no. you. They was like, they was the magical, you know, the magical type black people. You know oh, saying? the like, magical Negroes. Yeah, 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 they was magical. You know what I'm saying? I was coming from Anacostia, Southeast. And, like, I'm like, nah, these people weird. They don't watch television. I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. so it was just like a thing of like, I wasn't trying to acclimate myself to the situation I was in. I was just staying in my bubble, which is something I hear from like a lot of people that come from like the DMV area. You typically like, resign yourself to what you know. Even like if you meet somebody that's from, that, like where you from, like DMV area, you're like, oh, you immediately like get gravitated towards them. The dude I really hit it off with was my homie Robert, cause he's from Baltimore. We used to just talk trash cause you know, DC and Baltimore got static all the time. I was about to say, you made a friend from Baltimore. Yeah, like from Baltimore, times, yeah, yeah. times were hard. Times I'm must've yeah. been hard oh. on the boulevard. <laughs> you're like, all right, you're from B-more. That's the closest that I can get. We're gonna yeah. have to put our beef aside. Basically it was that. It's like, so it was him and then my homie, young Victor from Cuba. 
uh, he was he was he lived in Miami, but he's from Cuba. And I, he was like the first dude I met that was like extra like kind of knew we knew like what the experiences that each other had. You know, mm-hmm. Victor was like kind of like a a hood Miami dude. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I would be able to link with him, kind of, sort of. But even then, it was still like standoffish. But that was just me, cause I was just so I was super walled off my freshman year, so I can't even really talk about like social interactions a lot. Um, people was invite people invite me to stuff I didn't go. I was just super nervous, and you know I didn't want to go out. Like ah, I'm in New York City, I'm by myself. It's crazy. Um, it was just weird, cause I you know you had no family. Christopher was in D.C., so it's like I was used to stay, like living. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just weird. So I had to get past that. Um, How did you get past it? After college, basically. Like my last year of college almost. So you were at Cooper for four, four years. years. Yep. And I didn't talk to nobody. Little... Yeah. Well, I talked to people in class, but like outside of that, like in so nah. Um, what part of New York is that in? It's in Midtown Manhattan. I lived in the Bronx mm-hmm. briefly. You got to meet all types of people. Cooper's just a weird space, I would say, in general. Because, um, like, you know, since it's a free school, you would think it would be more people of color or disadvantaged people that go there. But it's like, mm-hmm. that's not really the case. It's more like middle middle and upper class people that go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, not but more affluent individuals will go there, I would say. Because um, people would have apartments in this in Midtown Manhattan, like near the school. I'm like, how do you wow. afford that? That's crazy. You know right. what I'm saying? Because I'm living in the Bronx, <laughs> right. coming right. to the school. Like, that's crazy. How do you afford an apartment, like, literally down the street from this school? And it's like, yeah, I got an apartment down the street. Dude. I live in Soho. It's like, what? <laughs> wow. So back, that's my experiences. It was just hard for me to engage, even, like, in a cultural way. Like, I felt like my... my situation which is so different from theirs it was just hard for me to even engage in some aspects like my last year I really hit stride like talking to people and meeting people and stuff but that's because people just kind of warmed up to my personality I had to like learn about myself and just be comfortable with who I was and bringing that to the table versus um having to just try to integrate myself to what their situation was it just people just had to kind of get used to what I was you know my little space that I had quirkiness and idiosyncrasies and stuff like that it's really hard to imagine you not talking to people for four years, given how talkative you are. I know that's what I'm saying. I would be. I'm super. Like, I was super friendly. All that, but just except not there. In, yeah, not not just not in. If it wasn't in the classroom, I wasn't talking to nobody. Yeah. Literally, it was super weird. I know, and people would be like, they would want to talk. Like you are so funny. Huh? You're a funny guy. You got a lot to say in class, and I'd be looking like, hey, class <laughs> is over. Yeah, no more. I, I don't know. It's all like it was like a switch or something. I don't know. Like mm. I'm in the class. It's like now I can perform. You know what I'm saying? But. Mm-hmm. Outside that space, I was like, I ain't really know how to engage or because like the social space at the school for artists was outside of the building. You would stand outside the building and you would smoke. I don't smoke, I don't drink. I'm in college. What do people do in college? They smoke. And yeah, I was about drink. to say, <laughs> what do you mean you don't smoke and drink? You're in college. I'm in like, college. Uh... Yeah. I don't smoke, I don't drink. I'm in college. And I'm that's what people do and that's where they socialize. Right. So people would be like, right. Yeah, we going downstairs, you try to come. I'm like, what y'all gonna be doing? Are oh, we gonna be smoking? No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Are we gonna go down uh, my, my other homies, they go, they go party. They used to um, strap 40 ounces to their hands. They'd take them to their hands. They'd take two, they'd put a 40 ounce on the left hand, on the right hand, they'd duct tape it, and then you couldn't go to the bathroom until you drank both 40 ounces. That used to be a thing they used to do. So it's like, what? That's what you do for fun? Nah, I'm good on that, champ. So <laughs> I'm not gonna go do that. Like, and it's like, it was just hard for me to figure out what the space was that I should have been in or, you know. Now, Christopher, here we go. You, you pass the ball to him. He had a legendary experience. Not even, not even. I just, you know, I went to AU. I'm like one of what we, what, what would you say? Like maybe, maybe in my class, it might have been maybe 40 black dudes, you yeah. know, and then of the 40, you know, and that's not including Africans. There's a lot of Africans that go to AU. And I ain't saying mm-hmm. I'm bad about Africans or nothing. But it's just different, like just culturally different. So I'm one of 40 yeah. black dudes, right? And then mm-hmm. other 40 black dudes, you got, let's say half of them. They on a different type of time. They just on a different type of time. They on hi, I'm chat. You know what's going on? Uh, exactly. You know what's what's going on, guys? I'm from Pennsylvania. I grew up on a farm. Uh, yeah, I'm here. I know. Hey, man, I'm Zach. You know, I'm from California. You know, so it's like they on that type of time. So it's, then there's twenty. It's twenty of us, right? And then the question 20 is, of did us, you give Zach and Chad that? Of course, I give everyone that. So I'm, I'm getting into it. So of the twenty right, of right. us, it's people that's more on the type of time. I'm more, but they're a little bit different in that they more like into trying to be super duper cool guy. You know, they out here. Mm-hmm. Try and get all the, you know, try and get all the honey dips, you know. All the snow bunnies. All the snow bunnies. Let's, let's keep it about, keep it all the snow bunnies. Right, I'm, right, not right. That, I'm not really on that type of time. So then, so it's just me, you know what I'm saying? It's me and a couple other dudes, you know. And I hit it off with them. I was in a program called Step. 
called Student Transitional Enrichment Program. It's for all the smart, dumb kids. That's what I, I maintain. That's what it's for. It's for all the kids mm-hmm. that got super high good grades, but like bad test scores. Like I got like a 1380 or something. And then the average for getting into the AU at the time was like a perfect 1600. So I was like, what the? F-? Like it was just nuts. So, but anyway, so I got in whatever. But I met everybody and they just knew me because I was cursing. I was a cool black guy from DC. Like I was Im- immediately when I got the AU, people just knew I was a cool guy. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's like I rapped and stuff. So it was like I had a lot of stuff going for me. I was real outgoing. Like whenever people want to do something and invite me, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, let's go. But it's like I, when we went to the function, it's like, oh, Chris here, you know, for the freestyle. I was like, I freestyle whatever. And then they'd be like, wow, you can rap. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't dance though. They was like, well, what else can you do? I was like, well, I could sing rock band. So I sing all these old 80s rock songs and people would be drunk and they'd be losing their mind. And then they'd be like, Chris, you just take a drink. And I was like, no, I don't drink and I don't smoke either. You know, I like listening to Rock Kevin, Big Daddy Kane. Now they don't smoke and they don't drink. I don't drink either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'll eat pork. And I'll eat pork, you know, just like them. So they'd be like, what? I was like, man, it's cuz, man. They had a big impact on my life. I don't do none of that. So, you know, then I was booed up most of my my college life. You know what I'm saying? I had mm-hmm. a girl or whatever. So it was like, it was just That's everything. Right. Was, yeah, you had her all over Facebook too. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. All right, so anyway. Oh, yeah, that was just saying. Yeah, it was true. You know, we always in the picture together. It was real. It was, you know, it was it was, it was was good when it was good. Then it's nothing. it wasn't. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. no doubt yeah. for her. <laughs> so yeah, it was just, I, I knew everybody that knew, people that knew me knew, I knew a lot of people and I was plugged in with a bunch of cool people. And, uh, you know, like I met my main man, Mike from Compton and my main man, and my man Theon, he's, he's now a model. Like I, I met people that was just, they knew everybody, they knew all the girls, they knew all the fellas, they played basketball. And I was just Chris, you know, who, who did art and, and knew rap. all the, they could, they could rap and, you know, was funny and jovial and, you know, nice or whatever, you know. You, you had also... a completely different experience than Kiva yeah, was having yeah. up in New York. Like, so it's just, it's, yeah. That's weird, man, because it's, it's a totally different experience at AU because, like, I was a part of all the different clubs. Like, I wanted to be super involved in everything on campus that dealt with people of color. Like, I was a part of the LASO, like the Latin American Student Organization, Caribbean Circle, ASO, you know what I'm saying? The only one I didn't you really join. all the boxes. I, I mean, I wanted to be I wanted to be involved, man. I wanted to make sure, you know, being in fly and stuff, I was really into social advocacy and leadership. Like I wanted to make sure people was doing what they supposed to be doing, but they just want to throw, <laughs> but they just want to throw parties. Everybody just want to throw parties. Right. I wanted to really do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like I was used to get me heated. I'm like, oh, what are we going to meet about today? He was like, well, we try and get this DJ and we going to get this caterer to come to this place and we're going to do this. We're going to rent this space. I was like, man, I don't, I'm not into it. So it was just always parties. You're trying to parties, dismantle parties. oppression. And yeah, then like, I'm DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then, and then it was messed up. Cause like AU was that disparity, that class thing it's classism because people mm-hmm. there you got people that's you know they, they white and they work in class and you got the upper middle class people but then at the same time you got like people that's ultra wealthy like not rich but ultra wealthy like oh i'm a prince or i'm a princess my family owns coca-cola my family mm-hmm. owns high and ketchup oh i'm about to drive an rdr rate from this side of the campus from this side of the quad to the other side of the quad it's like a rdr rate like that just came out why is it gold like what is happening <laughs> where am i at like i don't have money to eat and this man is ripping up and down the campus i gotta run the class like they're just different and then daps was always a thing because you'll see like people trying to be cool like you know like sometimes oh my god it'd be mad it make you feel so bad it's like he's trying to be cool and hip like hey what's up my guy you know yeah. what's going on bro somebody try to dap you up you. and what's don't yeah, adapt. adapt yeah yeah it's they like don't adapt and they try to dap you up it's like what's up kiego and they try like that i'm like what the what is happening it's yeah, like that noodle, that noodle hand the wet hand yeah it's like you try to lock up they look at you like yeah and i'm like uh you know what I'm saying? you feel gross like i don't yeah. know man from uh, Jason and Malachi, you guys said that you listened to that interview, was that they would try to use DAP as a way to uh, make themselves known and to have a clear presence at um, at Princeton. Did you find that was the case at Cooper or at American that you used your DAP to kind of declare, I'm black and I'm proud? Yeah, I don't know about all that. That's like, trying to use it. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. I'm yeah, black, yeah, black, 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 y'all. Yeah. Black, y'all. It's like obviously, I'm. I mean, like I said once again, me and Chris were super tall. You know what I'm saying? We got curly hair. It's like how are you not going to notice me? Like you know what I'm saying? It's like almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And then like when I started talking, it's just like it's natural. If you are black, I don't feel like you need to be like, and I'm black too, so I'm gonna dap you up just to show that I'm extra black. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm down with the cause. It's like if you don't want to dap me, that's cool. I'll you know I'll shake your hand too or. 
whatever you're comfortable with is fine. I don't need to assert, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I need to assert myself in a situation that it's like, I don't know. It's, it seemed like a super alpha for me anyway. Like, not alpha, but what's, what, what's, what am I trying to say, Christopher? Trying to say it's like a super a superior thing, like a black like what a yeah. superiority thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm better than you. I'm this type of black. You not black like my black. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna show you that my black is more black than like, your black. Like validating yeah. blackness. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't know because I feel like in a way that's kind of where I first encountered this idea, like the commodification of blackness is at AU. The vibration now that people want to be. They, everybody wants the rhythm, but nobody wants to struggle. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Of what it means to be Blues. black. Yeah, you know what right. I'm saying? Everybody just wants the, you know, the cool parts. But it's like, bro, it's struggle too. You got to get, you know what I'm saying? You need to eat the syrup sandwich someday. You know, that's really right. stress black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just hard because that's the one of the first places I encountered that besides like portfolio reviews. It's like people tell you you black. And it's like, I know I'm black, but it's like, yeah, but you got to be this type of way. Yeah, exactly. And if you deviate from what they expect, it's a mind altering, life altering experience. Like, what? You're not the way I expected you to be. be. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I heard yeah. that a lot. Like, when I, when yeah. I, that was like the sentiment I got a lot at Cooper. Because, yeah. like, people would see me, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, you get the, the face. I don't know how to describe it, but you get the, the that energy that you give yeah. off. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They're like, don't right. talk to me, face. That's, yeah. I don't know what it is, but you, that, mm-hmm. as a black, in my experience, or what I'm saying, if you black, you definitely got the vibe where you got a face that gets you. Where you try and go when you move through certain neighborhoods. How many how many and streets you get through? Yeah, what exactly. part of the hood how, you get how, through? How, how deep can you go in the hood before somebody try you face? You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> so yeah. it's like I always had that face on all the time because I ain't want nobody to talk to me. You know what I'm saying? So, and I wasn't really trying to have a conversation. But then when I would get into a classroom space, people were like you real friendly and funny and duh, yeah. duh. And it's mm-hmm. like yeah, but I'm just not trying to do that with you. You know what I'm saying? And then, like I had an experience. My roommate, he was from uh, New Mexico. He was born in New Mexico, but he lived in London. When his parents like came to visit, me and him was like real cool. You, you know what I'm talking about. We was real cool. We used to just leave stuff lying out, money, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, me and him was like brothers, kind of. So he just used to have his stuff out. I used to have my stuff out. And then when his parents came, they was like, wait, what are you doing? You don't got a lock in your drawer? Blah, 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 blah. All your stuff is out. Blah, blah, blah. What if you take your stuff? They was talking to him. And he's like, no, nah, it's cool. It's not like that. And it's just like, oh, I never even thought like that was to be a situation in which you know what I'm saying? You will find yourself like, but that's when race plays a part in two, you know what I'm saying? Cause you living yeah. with this black dude. So it was just a, another experience I had when I was in college, my roommate, uh, my other roommate, he was, uh, he got addicted to heroin. Um, so he, he got to a situation where he was like, just bringing people off the street in the, in the, in the dorm. Cause the dorms and Cooper is like an apartment, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he just bring little peeps, people off the street and they'd go in the room and they'd do their business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, some, I gave him a couple coins now and then, like, because I seen he was going through it, he wasn't eating. So I gave him a little, you know, hey, go hit the McDonald's up, bro. You ain't ate in like four days. What's good with you? It got to a situation where I had my man's come. He came up like for like maybe a couple days and he stayed in the room with my homie, the, the roommate that was on drugs. And I let Javante know beforehand, I'm like, yo, he, so just let me know if he do something funny style and we're we going to talk about it. But Javante was on DC type time. So when he got in there, he's like, yo, I heard about you. You do anything, I'm selling you. I'm putting the pillow on my head. I'm selling you. I'm million percent. I'm selling you. And he said, I'm going to use the pillow so it don't put no bruise on you. But I'm going to knock you up. Put anything. I'm selling you. So, and then the dude, and the fiend, he going to snitch. He went and told the resident assistant that my, my friend was going to steal on him. It was like, what? Come on, man. You a drug addict. I ain't out like, you a whole drug addict. You come on something. You snitched on my man's? Come on now. I could be out like, and I, like, he messed up my whole situation. Cause remember I was trying to become an RA? Yeah. That, that messed up my whole RA interview. My RA interview wasn't good. And so they asked me, he's like, so you had a friend that came and threatened somebody. And I was like, man, he was a dope fiend. Come, the, the dude that you talking about was a cold head. He, yeah. uh, he was on heroin. He don't even go here no more. And he was like, well, he still, if you're holding that type of company, I'm like, what you supposed to do if you living with a crackhead? You got to tell the crackhead you're not about that time or he going, he going to try you. You know what I'm saying? He going to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So it's just, you know, I had some, some interesting experiences. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't had nothing like that. Like, even, like, you know, nothing like that. It was weird to see different cliques of people, because I remember you see, like I say, you see different types of Black people and different variations of what Blackness is to people, even, like, in the diaspora with, like, Africans and Caribbean people and how they interca- interact and engage with you, like, seeing people, seeing you and they act one way, then they're around people they're more comfortable with and they switch into their more cultural language, like Patois or Twee or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like trying, and that was something that always was interesting to me, because I never knew anybody other than that was like me, like just regular black folks. That's so black. that's yeah, just regular black. So then it's like, oh man, I'm about to go to go see some Africa black. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to see some Caribbean black, Caribbean black. Oh man, oh they oh now I'm about to go see some um some Latin black like Dominicans and all that. You know what I'm saying? That's what that was what was interesting to me to see the different types of cultural norms and the more ways that people engage in. And that was almost 
universal against all with all people. This almost became more of a sign of you are someone who's been a culture into black the black urban experience. Cause you'll meet like a it was a cool dude named Kevin I went to school with. He's cool as hell. You know what I'm saying? He's an Asian cat. And he just every time he see me, you know, he'd be like, What's up, Chris? And he'd welcome to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What kind of dap is that? Yeah, like he just walk up, he'd be like, and I'd be like, what's up, man? Here we can be heading out. And I'm like, ah, we dap each other up. It was just something yeah. like that. And he was just a cool Asian cat. He used to freestyle and stuff. It was, I meet uh, like the different Latin folks and the different Latin organizations. Like I didn't even know there was Latin frats. Like it's like they got like a whole mm -hmm. divine nine. And I was like, yo, that's different. You know, and they, they got like Q's and AKAs and alphas and all, they got all that. And it's just like we're seeing them and they still engage in that type of brotherhood in the same mm -hmm. way. So it was just cool to see that community. Yeah. I guess I can speak more on that like on my experience now. Cause I, you know, I since I live in New York, outside of school, I would say I've learned more about different cultures and stuff. And cause I work uh, in Flatbush, Brooklyn. So I got to meet a lot of Caribbean, Trinidadian people from uh, Bahamas and all that. It's all over West Indian, all kind, like every type of island black person, I met them. You know what I'm saying? You get to see the kids and all that. It, it was just a unique experience. That and plus me and like Simba, cause he's from the Bronx or whatever. And he like- Simba? My, I have a, my, his real name is Simba. Um, his yeah, sure, like, but who is that? He's a guy, uh, he's a guy that I met at my job. I worked at an after school program um, teaching art and chess. Um, so I, I met him there like my first year and we became like best friends and he got me into like Christopher rap at the time. He always was like into rap, but Simba was the one that really brought me to open mics with him. He'd be like, yo, K, that, he always called me K. He's like, yo, K, come to me to the open mic. So that's when I started going to open mics all over the city and stuff like that. You got to really interact with different types of people and individuals. Mm -hmm. Like I remember you seen somebody they rapping in like a samurai hat before. Like you just get to see, New York is just a very interesting yeah. city in the different types of people that you will see just from any given day. Like you just walking down the street and you'll see somebody just walking like, this is before like how the times are now, somebody just walking in like, like women clothes and it's just completely normal in New York at the time. But I'm coming from DC and it's like, this is early, like 09, 2010, 2013. It's not, this, you're not, that's not something that's like extra, extra normal, but in New York, yeah, hey, that's what yeah. you're doing, power yeah. to you. You know what I'm saying? They are this type of time. Um, so it was just in that situation where you get to see these people that are from the Caribbean or straight off the boat, and they still understand what a dap is. They don't speak no English. They don't know, you know any words you're saying, but if you say, what's up, and put a hand out, they know to dap you up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's always universal. Hey, what's up? How you doing? OK, OK. That's what they know. OK, <laughs> yeah. OK. Oh, oh hi. Hello. And they, they know hello. They hit you with the dap, though. Okay, and they know how to dap you up. You know what I'm saying? Every little kid will always do that. from the Black and Brown diaspora expanded the twins' understanding of Black cultural identity. We're always curious about how the media influences the formation of one's identity. At the DAP Project, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince always come up in conversation with, you guessed it, the clap swish. We then talked about, wait for it, intimacy. No need to bleep for the kiddos. We're just talking about guys getting comfortable expressing affection, which for Chris happened when he befriended a mentor and Kiego when he taught middle school students who were always hanging around him. As Chris explains to us, if a dude didn't grow up seeing guys express affection to each other, it might could be a thing when they're an adult. What role does the media play in communicating that? How did the uh, how did people who are not from the United States know to give that or to um, extend that? Did you watch Golly. the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and see what? Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff and be like, oh, yes, me and my man going to do that? Uh, you mean like the psh, psh, yeah. Like that, yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not where we was from. It wasn't cool. You do something like that. You goof, you goof, yeah. goof, goof, you make Bama, you do some stuff like that. But I always thought it was cool. Like, I thought it was cool how you used to, you know, I thought like media is a big part of your life growing up, you know, especially in terms of positive or just male role model models that you can model your own behavior after. Mm -hmm. And you try to identify people that you want to be like. Like, I remember watching Wayans Brothers, and I, when I was little, I just Sean. looked like Sean. I always wanted to be like Sean. I used to want to get my head cut like that. When he got the jail twist, I remember I walked to my mother, I was like, how much do jail twist call? I want to get that head cut. You know what I'm saying? I hope when I get old, I want to get my mustache. When I grow a mustache, 
ass. I'm gonna get one that's boxed right. out, and then I'm not knowing them. It's just his jawline make it look like that, you know. That would work for me. <laughs> so it's just different things that you know, I wanted to be just like Sean. Like I wanted to be yeah. Sean. It's just different things, and then watching wrestling, and it's like, oh, I want to be like The Rock, you know, and then seeing him acting all braggadocious and stuff like that. So I think the media is a big part of portraying what blackness is to the world in general, like at large. Um, mm-hmm. Like John Singleton movies, Spike Lee movies. Yeah, for uh, sure. Like we grew up, we had cable, so we watched a lot of UPN. So we seen all them Jones, Deuce, uh, you know, The Wood. Uh, mm-hmm. You know any popular black? I probably say I be this. What's that? Um, what's the? Jam? I'm gonna get you sucker. All <laughs> them, <laughs> they were watching yeah. that joint. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All them joint and, and karate movies. You like watch all the karate mm-hmm. movies like Big Trouble in Little China, and they even knows. Hey, what's going on, Ch- um, Philip? I'm good. It's hot. And they give you the real strong dap that the way yeah. you and it freeze, the free frame, freeze frame, you meet, you shake hands in the free but it be extra diesel with the yeah. extra diesel forearms for no reason. Like it was, that's like all that. Like that predator, that predator, that yeah, predator. predator, yeah, predator. Yeah, he um dap up uh Carl Carl Weathers. Yeah, Carl Weathers. Him yeah. and uh, Sylvester Long, I'm switching against um Sylvester uh, and uh Carl Weathers dap up, and it's a it's I mean now they they yeah. just dap up and you should be a forearm, the bicep. It's like just the idea of masculinity embodied yes. in a handshake. Cause yes. like they got their arms up, but they also they flexing at the same time, and it's like they just oiled up. It's just I don't know, it's super, <laughs> it's super aggro for no reason. But they zap up, and it's like they hold it, and they just zoom in on their hands. It's like yo, you can't get better than that. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the levels of that. We haven't touched on that. Um, we kind of jumped into like the what I would think of as like level three, which is the dap plus the hug. But a lot of guys tell us that there are level. There's a level one, level two. Does that resonate with you guys? Yeah, Do you have this into that? Before we ask that, I want to know, is that like current day right now in the last week, well, pre-COVID, I guess, is that purposeful to you? Is it, is it something that, that gets used on the regular? Now, if you don't know somebody, you got to really know somebody because they might have that this, the monster, you know what I'm saying? The air the the air, the air, virus, you know, the air is lava right now. So yeah, yeah, the I don't think you... Pre-corona, pre-corona. I mean, I'm not going to hold you. I ran into somebody that I knew. I ran into Ryan from Duke. Um, they used to play drums. Yeah. As soon as we seen each other, we dapped each other up off instant. It was good instant. <laughs> it was like, hey, he was like, what's up, kid? I'm like, oh, what's up, Ryan? Immediately. And then we both paused and was like, what the, what are we doing? <laughs> we walked back into the, uh, it was near the Giants. We literally walked back in the Giants, wiped our hands off. It's like, what are we doing? And I was like, yo, <laughs> crazy. So I think, I think, I think that answers your question though. Like the level, the levels are literally contingent upon familiarity. You know what I'm saying? If you know somebody and you really know them, like, yo, what's up? How you doing? You know, you definitely gonna go, man, what's up? You know, you good. I ain't got it. You got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't know somebody right now? Hey, nah, what's up? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, good, that man. definitely, oh, I was like, we did that. We was like, I just threw my life away. This is crazy. <laughs> what's happening? I stepped him up off the reef. It was both of us too. It wasn't like, it wasn't like one person initiated. We both just immediately dapped up. It was like, yo. Right. That says a lot, though. That I think that means a lot. The fact that I mean, we're in the middle of this whole world epidemic of coronavirus, and for you to see someone that you haven't seen in a while, and for that to be a reaction, it was just your gut reaction. I got to get this dude down. So. I ain't seen him in a minute, and it's I don't know. It's just there, literally that. It was just like, I had seen him. He's like, "What's up? What's up? Oh, you know how it is, man. You go, you yeah. see somebody. You see if you ain't seen somebody in a long time, and you like y'all friendly. That's how it yeah. always is. I don't know. Yeah. It's just something about it, like." I mean, some people don't hug. Like my man Simba, he don't hug. He don't like hugs, so I always ask, "Oh, what's up? No hugs?" And he mm-hmm. he always get mad about that. Uh, or like he he be hugging our friends. He only uh, he only hug women. That's his thing. You know what I'm <laughs> he only hug women. So every time you see me, I'm like, "What's up? No hugs? Like, Come on, Kay, what you doing?" <laughs> so, <he always> do that. <laughs> so I'm like, it's just wow. But um, so it's just it's just weird. I guess that's the idea. Like just interacting with another male in that capacity, having to do close to another dude body might be kind of weird for some people. Oh, let's hear a little bit more about that because that's something that we did here was uh, something. It's a thing. I mean, I think it depends on where you grew up and how you was raised. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like if you're, if you're naturally like an affectionate individual, I don't, I don't think it would be a problem for you. But if you grow up in a space where that's not like acceptable or like that's not in your household, it might automatically be like an issue. My main man, like I said, Mike from Compton or whatever, he cool people, man. He like one of my best friends or whatever. Uh, he introduced me to his God family here in D.C., who he met through his mentor and Cali. So they they linked up, his his Cali mentor linked him up with a family here in D.C. And the family was associated. The wife she worked for the Obama administration, something high up, which I never really understood exactly what she did. I just knew they paid off their house in D.C. No no money like they right. they don't owe no money on it. Okay. They leveled the joint up. They put rooms in there. 
we did the basement, all had get solar it, panels. Rich, on tell it. the story. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I'm trying to. Get, I'm trying to. I get it, but I know. But it's important to say He's the class. He's setting thing. the stage. Yeah, because it's important. The mental <laughs> framework. Yeah. So the framework. Tell you Don't be uh, hating on his details, Kiego. So like, you, so they were to do. So that's just to put it. They were to do. And her husband, her husband named Jeff. He's one of the most affectionate men I've ever met in my entire life. He didn't know me. He just knew I knew Mike. And Mike told me beforehand, he's like, Chris, because he know how I am. I don't, I don't, I'm, 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 I don't like to be touched like that. He so, was he was, so he was just like, uh, Chris, when we get here, just know you're going to get touched. I was like, what you trying to tell me? What's <laughs> happening? What's ha what is going on? He's like, nah, bro, it's good. On, but you're going you're gonna to get touched, man. He, he affectionate. He, Jeff is really affectionate. He older cat. I was like, what you mean he old? I was like, he a pedophile? What's happening? What, what's going on? He's like, nah, <laughs> nothing like that. It's just, you know, he's like, come on, son. Like, you know, it's just, he affectionate. So I met him and he said, hey, what's going on? And Mike walked up to him and Mike just gave him a hug. And I was just like, I'm not with it. <laughs> the camera should have zoomed out. I know, exactly. y'all, we need that face. <laughs> should have zoomed out. That face. So Aaron, like, get ready I'm to not, take the picture. I'm not with it. So he, 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 then he was like, so you're a friend of Mike's, right? That's how he sounded. He's like, you're a friend of Mike's. So you're a friend of mine. And he woke up to me, was also, and I was just like, mm. <laughs> and I put out my hand like that. And I tried to give him the harm. And he's, he about, he's about my height. No. No, I probably grew one more inch in college. So he was a little bit taller than me when I first met, like one inch or so. So he like hugged me and he's a big wiry white guy with a ponytail, like a one of them magical mm -hmm. Native American white guys you meet. You know what I'm saying? They wear turquoise <laughs> and all that. So he's like that. And he just hugged me and he's embraced me and he wasn't letting me go. And I was like, what is going on? He's like, I can tell you uncomfortable, but it's okay, man. You in a safe space. And I was just like, huh. And I just kind of relaxed and then he let me go. And then ever since then, Whenever I see him, I always know just walk up to him, give him a big yeah. old hug, man. And it's just, it's just different. Like I and I had never really experienced that with another, like an older man like that yeah. to model that type of behavior. Like it's okay to see somebody that you know that's a man and give him mm -hmm. a hug. Just expression, hey man, what's going on? You are right. you safe? You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's almost what where the hand hug come in with the dap thing. Like, you know, you hug somebody to let them know, like, yo, we together, we solid, we in this together. So it's like they complete that same thing. It's just I'm being affectionate. I would say like my situation, I had a similar situation. Since I work with kids, it's like, especially when it, it wasn't more so with the middle schoolers, but initially when I got in, it's like the program, you know, all we work with young people got like a strong no touching policy or whatever. But it's like naturally my, my way of interaction is very like, yeah, hey, what's up? Like get packs on the back and stuff like that. But then when you work with the little baby, since I'm so giant and jovial, they just want to climb all over you and touch you. I had the same thing Christopher was talking about. I ain't like people touching me, like ever. If I don't initiate, don't touch me. And it's like, I just had to get over that, that little kids just want to touch you and hold you, want to be with you all the time, hug you all, like you could be walking around and little kids just hug your leg. And it's like, I'm, at first I was like, yo, what is happening? Why is this little kid touching me? But that's just how <laughs> little kids interact with people, you know what I mean? And then it's like also, it, it showed me that as like a male, the way that I interact with these kids is going to teach them something, even if it's like not mm -hmm. verbal, it's just going to be like a non-verbal cue that it's okay to interact with men in this way. Right. So in that sense, when I got back to my middle school thing, I just start playing with the kids all the time. And then like I would play with like the boys, like I would just lift them up like you would lift them up in the air. You know, what I mean, like a father would. Right. And a lot of the time when you do that, a kid will say daddy all the time. And it's like even if they don't have a father in their life. It's like they like, oh, daddy. And it's just an automatic reflex that they would have. Right. Wow. And it's like that bugged me out. I never realized that that, that was like a situation. It's like that gesture, just lifting the kid up with a kid's like, can you lift me up? They got their hands raised up to you, right? And the kid's like, lift me up. And I lift the kid up, no matter what size, what age. And I'm, these are seven, six, eighth graders. They always do like the wee, like the weightless <laughs> smile face. You know what I'm saying? No matter what's going on. And it's just the idea of like what the male energy can bring to an interaction with a young person, especially a male. For example, yeah. I have a kid. Um, he's he's kind of small, but um, from sixth to eighth grade, every time he saw me, he asked me to pick him up. This is for three years straight. He asked me, can you pick, can you pick me up, man? <laughs> like, it's, it, it got, first it was like when he's in sixth grade, it's like, okay, you're a cute little kid or whatever. But then when it's like, when he's in eighth grade, you know, he trying to be cool with it. Yeah, what's up, man? Like, he he'd say something to me, so I would like lift him up, like try to jack him up. But it, it's just like, I, we both of us knew what he, he just wanted me to pick him up. You know what I'm saying? So he would say something slick to me, like, yo, shut up, man. You ain't gonna do nothing. What? And I just pick him up. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, he had to find a way to make it still like I'm cool, I'm masculine. 
but he still just wanted that interaction with me. Like, other kids would do that. Like, even if they big, like, I picked up some big kids before, like, you know, you can't pick me up. It's like, they, they do it like a challenge, you know what I mean? Like that, right. mm-hmm. that male bravado, man, you can't pick me up, man, I'm big, I'm heavy. And I lift them up, oh my God, you picked up so-and-so. It's like, yeah, bro, what you talking about? You gonna be able to do the same thing when you get older, you know what I'm saying? You're a guy, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, the idea of just teaching them, like, masculine energy, in a sense of, like, just physical interaction, but it doesn't have to be, like, in a violent situation. Like, it doesn't have to be violent, it also can be, like, affectionate. shows up in your professional spaces that's what I was thinking about how has DAP shown up to um, to communicate or to help you build relationships when I when I graduated AU I started my job uh, so I was like when I started I work at a union first of all so like an international Navy union headquarters or whatever so I was the youngest person in the building when I started working there so everyone immediately they they saw me as like a child like <laughs> you know like son I was son like immediately mm-hmm. when I got like there. legitimately yes like son because yeah. these people are old literally old enough to be my mother you know what I'm saying yeah. or my grandmother or my father or my grandfather my uncle so they see me as a child I'm just giant like just tall and they just see me as a big kid so it was hard for me at first to try to build relationships with them because the boundary was already set as soon as they met me like yo you not a child. Equals. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we not equals you a child. So it took me having a work a certain, like my work speak for itself now, but like and when I first got there, they was just like, you a child, you don't know what you're doing. We going, oh, sugar, sweetie, baby, da 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 or son, young, you know, young blood, all that type of time. So, but now I'm more respected around the building or whatever. People know what type, what type of energy I'm on, my temperature, they know what I'm doing. So they know how I give it up. So they was like, yeah, Chris, you've you been here for a long time, brother, you know, so they're, and that's another thing. It was weird because they call everyone brother and sister at my job. Like, hey, what's going on? Because that's literally a big thing that unions do to initiate mm-hmm. to really wash your brain that you're <laughs> in this family system. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even though it's more of a pyramid system, if you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, it's just it, it became a thing that I use now. Like people don't really dap each other up. I, I got a personal mentor named Kenny. Me and him, you know, he talk, he treat me, you know, real, we real close. And he don't, I don't think he ever really dapped me either. He, he don't, we, we, we in a rap, we real close, but he ain't really ever dapped me. He gave me a hug like once or twice, but that was it. But like, we don't dap like that. Like even the younger dudes I work with at my job, after me, they started to hire younger people. Cause you know, you need some more young energy in here. You know what I'm saying? And those young people that they get there, like the intern and stuff, when I meet them, I always give them a handshake. And then after I give them the handshake, it's always that every single time I say him and I make that a thing to let them know like we not because I remember what it was like when I first got there and everybody treated me like I was above them and I was I mean they was above me and I want them to know like yo we peers even though you were yeah. intern I still see you as a professional and that's all that matter it don't matter that you're young you're a professional I want you to remember that so I always try to interact with them like that no matter what so you know because I don't have that many people I'm senior over in my position <laughs> Yeah. So, because I'm, I'm just a graphic designer, so it's not like it's like I get to tell other designers what to do. It's like, no, nah, I'm telling me what to do. Like, so, <laughs> so, you know, whenever I see an intern that's young, I always try and tell them, um, even though black or white, I always try and treat them the same, unless they a real weirdo. Like, if we yeah. had some, a dude in there, I ain't going to say his name, but he's a real weirdo. Like, he said something, to let you know he's a weirdo, he said he saw an attractive young lady in a McDonald's and he walked up to her and said, I like your face. And I was like, Oh, you a whole predator. Something wrong with you. Like, that's not what you say. <laughs> so then you try to spark up a conversation with somebody you like. Like you don't walk up to it like, hey, hey, I just want to let you know I like your face and just walk away. It's that's like, you like I want to wear your face. He's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I want to wear it. I like your yeah, face. Yeah, it sounds like some animal. Like yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So him, I ain't dap him up. I ain't dap him up. I just gave he had head nods. He's on head nods only. What's up, man? You where you at? The H and O, the head nod only. So that post-COVID, do you see that returning? So we heard that if you don't know the person, it's just going to be the head nod. But let's imagine a time when there is a, um, a vaccine or people, the number of COVID cases has decreased dramatically and we're getting back to a point where we're actually out and about interacting. Do you see that returning? I think that won't go away in a way that it's just something that's going to persist. Like if you know somebody and y'all both agree that you don't have it, a DAP is going to occur. 
the same mm-hmm. way if you see if your family member you haven't seen in a long time y'all going to hug so it's like if you i think that's going to be a universal language no matter what as long as people feel or agree to that unspoken cause like yo i don't got it if you don't got it which is bad in a way but mm-hmm. you know if you don't know somebody it's always head nods and hand hugs you know you see somebody hey what's going on <laughs> hand hug you know um so <laughs> yeah, hand hug. So it's just like that, you know what I'm saying? So don't give just, me no hand hug. Like, don't don't, don't do just, that. Give me the bear sense. hug. Just suffocate me for a minute. It just makes sense. I'm, it makes I'm sense. Good. It just makes sense. Yeah. It just makes sense to do a hand hug. Your hand hook, boom, hand hook. I don't know. It's hard to say since I'm being in New York. It's like such a tight packed city. I don't see people not dapping up when you meet or go somewhere like it seemed impossible to you already gonna be on the train and stuff like that or yeah people gonna forget i think that's what it's gonna be people just gonna normalize the situation and then it's gonna okay. go back to what they used they to know. be doing. you know because like even now people still we still on the quarantine low-key but people still going to restaurants people yep. going out to eat getting their hair done getting their nails done getting haircuts it's like so eventually people just gonna start touching again and they're just gonna be like all right man tell, i guess i'm just gonna throw my life away too man you know? <laughs> <laughs> it might be like that Viking hand, like when you grab somebody's forearm yeah. type instead of touching it because the hand is supposed to be unsanitary. So that might come back shaking people's forearms like in the old movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just don't see it going away. It seemed impossible to me, like unless you get some like bubble action or maybe people start wearing gloves. But even with that, it's contamination. I don't know. I am not a scientist. Um, I want to practice <laughs> with that. So, yeah. But as far as you're concerned, you will be giving people go away. that. Me? No, hell no. I don't know. No, tough. No, tough. Oh, well, I'm lying. Because I already, already, gave somebody you already that. did right it. Already did it. See? Lying. Yeah. I'm lying. I'm capping, man. I don't know what right. I'm going to do, man. The giant, like, right? Or the giant. Yeah, I'm going to um, keep I'm gonna keep this little spray with me. You know what I'm saying? This little spray, keep that with me. That's yep. that, man. Me, spray. Spray my hand. Spray that out through my hand. So I'm going to be one of those. Have my hands be all dry and cracked up. So spraying my hands all the time. So, so much all the alcohol in your skin. Yeah, man. I'm going to have that. Do you feel like DAP is something that is unique to black men? Do you feel there's something unique about it for black men? I know everybody greets and all that type of thing. Is DAP as we're discussing it? I think it's something that universally you just know. Like you see somebody that you don't know, somebody of color, it's, it always start with a DAP or a head nod. Like I remember I was in, in Guatemala and I seen, it was a, I was the only black person I felt like in a whole nation for a little bit. And then, <laughs> and then next thing I know, I'm, I'm walking down the street going to a pharmacy or something because I had a stomach ache because, you know, I ate some food, tripping. And then um, I see a black dude land on a, like, you know, I guess he'd be Moreno or whatever. And mm-hmm. he just looked, he looked similar to me, like same complexion, hair, all that. I was like, I looked at him, he looked at me, and his eyes got big, my eyes got big. We both gave him the biggest head nod in the world, like just acknowledged, like, mm-hmm. I see you, you see me. We acknowledged our Kendrick Moreno-ness in that moment, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was just something that you, when you see somebody that's looked like you or that y'all, it's just you know what to do instinctually. Like, why well, he ain't know me and we probably didn't even speak the same language. But in that moment, we both was in it together. I feel like that's what DAP is. It's like you bringing somebody in and y'all just be together in that moment and y'all let go, you know what I'm saying? But it's always yeah. that acknowledge exchange. I, I mean, I guess I'll tell a story about it. I will say yes to answer the question. But mm-hmm. on my block, it's like a whole bunch. It was a whole bunch of like bloods and drug dealers and stuff like that. And it's like, I, you never know how the situation is or how you're going to interact if you like just a square dude or whatever, somebody that go to work every day. But it's like one day when I walked past the, um, the, the little bloods or whatever, like one of the main dudes was like, hey, what's up? And he like, we was chopping it up. And at the end, we dapped each other up. And then after that, I never had no type of problems with nobody on my block after that. We chopped it up. I was talking to him. Then I dapped him up. It was just like, after that, it was just something about that interaction I had that I never had. Like, I, I never really had issues before, but people would usually, like, try to say something to you or something like, oh, what's up? What you trying to do? And it's like, after that, nobody ever said nothing else to me. Just off that one interaction. I was talking to him, and then, like, I would just talk to him every day. I gave him a couple chess balls or whatever, like, because he, I know his, his, he was trying to teach kids chess and all that, so I would talk to him about that. And it's like, you know, just that simple interaction. Boom. You could, like, it's like, that's your hood pass now. You good. You can go up and down the block. You be all right. You know what I'm saying? So... I would think so. And it also kind of lets you know if somebody has ever interacted with a black person before, if yeah. they're good at doing it, giving you a dap. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because you have getting awkward dap. It's like, oh, this is your first time dapping somebody up. Or you probably just dapped up your friends. That's not black. But if yeah. somebody dapped you up and it's like they're a different race you. Hit a you snap. You yeah, you got snap. a snap and the hands, all that. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, you did this before. Okay, I see you. That's what's up. All right. So, yeah. you know, it just lets you know, okay, you, 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 you might be, you know, you know what I'm saying, part of the fraternity. Thank you so much for this legendary yeah, conversation. This dope, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we learned so very much. Um, You're welcome. 
about so Thank many you. different things. Yeah, thanks for having us. Exactly. Yes, y'all too. I knew yeah, it was going to be something. I didn't know what to expect, but this was truly a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, because I heard the other conversations. He's right, man. We was having fun. It was a lot of laughs. All laughs. Oh, it was. It has to be. That's what the yeah. DAT project is about. It's both. It's the joy and the struggle. We we take the rhythm and the blues because okay. you know they they work. They work hand in hand like the DAT. this episode in late summer, Chris participated in a very successful media campaign, Black the Vote, which reached 12 million Black voters in swing states. He has also earned a promotion to senior graphic designer at his job. He continues to manage his own company, Stithworks. Follow Chris on IG at chris.stith. That's S-T-I-T-H. Oh, and Chris with a K. Kiego also continues to teach, design, and create music. He's a visual arts instructor at a charter school in Brooklyn, New York. Follow Kiego on IG at Kiego, that's K-E-A-G-O-E, and listen to his music on SoundCloud. This one episode couldn't contain all of the twins' joy and wisdom, so please check out the outtakes in the show notes. Closing out, we're especially proud of Chris and Kiego for persisting through obstacles to graduate from college and pursue their passions full-time. The world is literally better because of their art. We believe every black and brown child who wants to attend college should have the resources to do so. We want to highlight two organizations that help students overcome the barriers to higher education, the Posse Foundation and UNCF. Consider supporting them with a financial contribution. Thank you for listening to The DAP Project. Do us a solid. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Wear a mask. Let's get back to better, not just back to normal. Peace. You've been listening to The DAP Project with hosts Rhonda Henderson and Aaron Stallworth. All opinions expressed in this podcast are that of our guests and may or may not be shared by The DAP Project. Follow us on Facebook. Search The DAP Project on Instagram, the.dap.project, and online at thedapproject.com. <laughs>